Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Greetings, welcome to another episode of the Stargate Archives, in which I take a look at the Richard Dean Anderson starring series Legend, from 1995. Only ran for the one season, which is a shame, but then again, <laughs> it eventually led to Stargate SG-1, so we can't really complain, can we? This episode is Knee High Noon, written by Steve Stollier and directed by James L. Conway. James is a very prolific director, recently uh, directed episodes of The Magicians and Supernatural, also back in the day MacGyver and Star Trek Voyager Deep Space Nine this episode aired 23rd of May 1995, and let's get on with it. Right, the episode opens up with cows. Yep, a pasture full of cows, and Ernest sounds like he's dictating one of his novels. The professor's there, some very elaborate earphones on, and a recording device. Anyway, Ernest is quite eloquent and fluent. It's rather surprising, because he uh, writes dime store western novels. Makes you wonder if he's a lot more talented than he's given credit for but the money's in the western, so that's what he writes. Aha, here we are. It's a stakeout. Stakeout, get it? <laughs> Ramos is uh, at another part of the pasture. Uh, they're communicating via Morse code. Some rustlers have appeared. Seems a rather elaborate way to set up a trap. Just have cowboys in that what they're for to actually watch over the herd. But never mind. Ernest, or in this case Nicodemus, is ready for them. Oh, I like this. I like this a lot. The professor has placed a tracker on, on some of the cows in the shape of a cowbell. Even the rustlers spot it and think, well, that looks a bit weird, doesn't it? But never mind. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna steal the cows anyway. Until the professor shuts down his machine and it sparks and sends some feedback. And the rustlers hear it and, well, <laughs> the poor sod's under gunfire straight away. Everything seems to happen to remorse. He gets a rough end of the deal more often than not. Anyhow, guns are blazing, the rustlers... Ride after Ramos. And it's up to the Professor and Nicodemus to save him. So it's very fortunate they've got the steam-powered buggy. <laughs> that is a great design. Credit to everybody involved who are actually trying to think up modern versions of stuff that could only be built in the Wild West. Also, credit to Ramos. He's outrunning horses. Oh, they're breaking to some open ground. Ramos is being closed in. And here comes the buggy, uh, the professor, he's got his, his stun gun, he fires and gets one of the rustlers. As he falls, his partner turns back, grabs him and they both ride off on a single horse. Ramos is saved. And not to worry, they have got a tracker on the cows, so they can uh, find the base of operations for the rustlers. Clever. As they are tracking the signal, they get to a fork in the road. And Ramos indicates head towards town. It's a bit puzzling, why would rustlers take cows into the middle of town? They tend to like things a little bit quiet, a little bit more secretive. But never mind, into town they go. In fact, right up to the hotel. Hey, Smokey, seen any cows around here? I sure have. Jesse Chisholm himself drove a herd right where you're standing 30 years ago. Must have been 200 head. I meant today. You've got a feeling that maybe this tracking device is no longer attached to a cow? Let's find out. Excuse me. Hello, Ernest. As you were. <laughs> of course. The first door they open, you hear a woman scream. And, well, Ernest has got to have a look and, well, 
hello, <laughs> she knows him. Ernest is very popular among certain types of women in the town. <laughs> and they carry on. The signal's coming from Ernest's room. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and there's a donkey in the middle of his room with the transmitter around its neck. I like these rustlers. They've got a sense of humour. And as Ernest says, this is a statement. Someone is making a point. Cue opening theme. We return to the show. We get a long high street view of Sheridan. Knee high noon. And the Buffalo Head Saloon. Where much of this series takes place in. This of course is where... Ernest drinks his tea. Yes, it's tea. <laughs> Ernest is having a, a frank and in-depth conversation with a number of men, cattle owners. Obviously, they've uh, they've employed legend to uh, handle this problem with the rustlers. Naturally, they're a little bit upset that the cows still keep going. I recognise one of the characters, Hank Vine, played by Don Collier. I uh, used to really enjoy watching The High Chaparral back in the day. He was a star of that show. Also, did some work on Bonanza, which was another another western I watched as a kid. Meanwhile, Keita appears and interrupts Ernest. He wants him to sign an undershirt for his biggest fan. Cue really poor joke about the size of a bloke. But never mind, memorabilia. Big money to be made for that if you stick around long enough, Ernest. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Legend officially endorsed merchandise being sold by the waxworks and sent from the publisher. It shouldn't really be that surprising. I mean, this show was made in the 90s, so Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars, He-Man, they'd all pioneered this sort of stuff. Anyway, back to the business at hand. Cattle rustling. Well, they don't get far before Skeeter appears again. Now he's got to sign a bust, a figurine. <laughs> to Muriel, who's this little old lady waving a, waving a legend flag. And Legend only gets time to say that he's going to work on the rustling case for 24-7 when Skeeter appears again. But this time, this person wants to meet him in person. And, well, it's a young woman and, well, hello there. <laughs> Ernest is, is a bit of a hound dog. He really is. Right, this young woman is Laura Davenport, played by Mary Margaret Humus. More recently known for starring in Dawson's Creek. Not a show I watched myself, but lots of people liked it. An interesting thing, she introduces herself and says it's a pleasure to meet Mr. Pratt. And Ernest automatically goes to correct her until he realises that she's one of the few people who actually knows who he is. And she says she's been following his career for a while, so intriguing. Let's find out exactly what she wants. Hey-ho. I've never known a man who understood and appreciated women as you do. Ma'am? You have touched upon the very core of my existence. She is working him to a T. <laughs> and Ernest is falling for it. This is not going to end well. This is not going to end well at all. And, well, let's not say she's forward, but... Is there any <laughs> anywhere we can go to be alone? Ernest, of course, uh, suggests his uh, motel room, his hotel room, and but she suggests her room. But first, could he meet Nicodemus Jr.? <laughs> Uh, knowing Ernest, he could have met this woman before and just not remember her, but it doesn't seem that way, so what is her game? Okay then, so Mr Davenport has passed away, and uh, her young son, Ben, is with her. 
He's obsessed with Nicodemus legend, as often young boys can be obsessed with certain subjects. He dresses like him, acts like him, he even tried to fly like him, unfortunately broke his arm. As Ernest says, uh, well, who hasn't done that? Laura, though, you know, don't worry. Uh, will you have a word with him? Try to put him on the straight and narrow. You know, we're only here for a bit of fun. Still giving him the eye. Still more to this story than uh, she's letting on. But Ernest, well, he's up for it, you know. Pass on a little sage advice and wisdom to the young boy and spend a few hours with the mother. Could be a good day. Until we see that one of the rustlers is listening in. <laughs> okay, then, he meets young Ben who is dressed like Nicodemus. looks quite the part. Ben is played by Michael Patrick Carter. The only notable show he's done is... Well, actually, he did quite a few episodes of a show called Paradise. Don't recognise the actor's name, though. But then again, not many child actors really go on to big time. The young lad is highly impressed to meet Nicodemus, and Ernest lets him down reasonably well. He tells the boy to go back to school, get an education, because that's what's going to make him the real hero. Ben is a little disappointed, but Ernest pulls out the charm, you know. Have a drink with me, have a drink for the rest of the lads in the apothecary. And uh, they part friends. Rather well done there by Ernest. Ernest and Ben walk out the store, and there's his mother with a... <laughs> with a camera... a photographer, you know. And in those days, you carry around the camera, it's, it's one of those big tripody jobs. This is a helicopter mom to the extreme, perhaps. She's kind of steering things on a particular direction. Now this could be quite harmless. Unfortunately the rustler is still there on the rooftop with the Winchester, so this could end badly. Very badly. And it's nice to know that the rustler has got a, a sense of ethics and morality. He waits until the boy's out of the way, and but then the mother comes into the shot as well, so uh, he doesn't take it. I mean from this distance he probably could nail Ernest quite easily, but Let's give him the benefit of the doubt that uh, he's not a bad man. He's, he's just a rustler and a murderer. He's, he's not bad. Well, Laura seems very happy with Ernest. Very happy, but not enough to return to his hotel room. She's playing coy with him now. She's certainly after something. At this point, we just don't know what. But she's at the picture now. This is the chance the rustler's got. My money's on the fact that he doesn't kill Ernest. We're only halfway through the season. It would be daft to kill off the star of the show. Are you crazy? How'd you know where to find me? I know you ain't, sir. I've known you ever since you come out of Ma wrong side up. And there we go. The other rustler appears, grabs a gun, stops him from shooting. Turns out they're the brothers, Lyle and Asa. Lyle played by Ray McKinnon, was in Deadwood, and Sons of Anarchy, and Asa played by Courtney Gaines. It looks like the older brother, Lyle, has got the brains of the operation. Don't want to cause any trouble yet, we haven't been paid for the cattle. And when the business is done, they'll take care of legend. I don't think they will, but credit for them for trying. And we're back on the range, lots of cows, lots of cowboys, even a chuck wagon. This is how you look after your, your herd, you're actually there. You don't just let them roam free. Anyhow, the professor is a little upset, uh, the rustlers haven't appeared for a couple of days. They need a disguise, which is a bit worrying. I'd, if I was Ramos, I'd have had a couple of days off now, because I've got the feeling he's going to be dressed up in a cow. <laughs> we'll have to say about that. Anyhow, Ernest and Hank are having a chat, drinking coffee, talking about his family, uh, how it's good to have kids. Ernest actually chimes in that uh, he's never thought of himself he could ever be a good father, but he had an encounter with the youngster, and I think he think it went well. Hank, like far too many people, gets a little confused about... 
Ernest and Nicodemus, events that occurred to uh, Nicodemus, the loss of his wife in one of his early books, uh, Legends Lost Love. <laughs> he believes it's actually real. Uh, thankfully, you say thankfully, but even authors have stalkers. Uh, there's lots of people who don't quite uh, are not quite capable of separating reality from fantasy. Of course, in the Wild West, when virtually everybody carried a gun, it became rather dangerous for a character like Ernest. Couldn't rely on Nicodemus to save him. And as Hank reads his newspaper, he looks at Ernest. Oh, you've been pulling my leg. And shows in the front page, young Nicodemus, son of the legend, falls rustling at local ranch, including a picture of him. What is going on here? <laughs> of course, you can see the steam rising out of Ernest's ears and he confronts Laura, who, uh, well, let's go and talk about this in a more private setting, manipulating him again. Ernest is seriously out of his depth here with this woman. And as the story unfolds, it seems like that he's basically a young actor, working on the stage, looking to expand his repertoire, and he's playing a part. Basically exactly what Ernest does. And this narrative, the uh, <laughs> the son of Nicodemus foiling a rustling operation, this is all part of the story, part of the character. The fact that they've got an eyewitness to his exploits, who's been paid off with a pair of shoes bought by Laura the day before. Actually, credit to uh, Ernest for doing the detective work. That's rather gumshoe of him. Either way, you know, <laughs> he's not winning this argument. Laura is running rings around him. He cannot object. I suppose his only objection is that, you know, the young lad and his mother, let's assume it's his mother, is kind of pushing on his territory. It's part of the business. And right now, I don't think Ernest is going gonna, is gonna to be able to spend quality time with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be promising him to the cows come home. Speaking of the cows, we really need to get on with the rustling story. But first, things get even worse for Ernest. He starts threatening Laura with his publisher's legal arm. And Milton Faber appears off the stagecoach, played by Andrew Hill Newman. He works for the publisher, who technically owns the IP of uh, Nicodemus Legend. That's maybe something Ernest will regret <laughs> as the years go by that he sold his character, or at least doesn't outright own the rights to him. Yep. He is not going to enjoy this conversation between Laura and Milton. Write him into my book? I think not. I'm going to wire E.C. Allen. He'll put a stop to this. I doubt it. He sent me here to negotiate with Mrs. Davenport after receiving her wire. Beat me to the draw, did she? Don't be small-minded, Mr. Pratt. Your female readership was down with the last book. Adding a child will bring them back in droves. By the way, how's the underwear moving? Oh, this is not good. His latest book has been pushed back so that young Nicodemus can be written into it. And Ernest is blowing a fuse. And guess what? Uh, you're not going to win this, Ernest. You're not going to win this at all. Now we jump to the professor's laboratory where he's, he's working on a cow head. The disguise, no doubt. Ernest, of course, is complaining, as he often does, about life and love and pretty much everything. Professor always takes a much calmer, long-term view of things. He is a scientist, after all. A scientist who is currently making a fake cow. <laughs> oh, God, that's a weird show at times. Carry on, Ernest. Well, it's good to see your work is moving forward, instead of wasting all that time on that silly electric light research. Ramos, it's all right? It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay then. 
Time to test the cow. <laughs> it's got some sort of weapon in its mouth open. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work well. It looks like it's supposed to fire some sort of netting. Unfortunately, it fired backwards and Romo tumbles out the cow. But never mind, the Professor's got another idea. An automated bolas. Hmm. As non-violent as the Fulminator? This one is entirely painless. Ramos? The Professor is a genius, but not everything he actually comes up with works as advertised. Which is fine, because you get a few laughs, but when the stuff works, it is fantastic. Either way, Ernest, not impressed. Right, we return to Sheridan. Uh, we're in one of the hotel rooms. Faber is opening negotiations with Laura and Ben and Ernest. 15% of all merchandising. Laura isn't impressed with that, but that's what Ernest gets. And <laughs> Ben, oh, sod that, we can do better. Ernest threatens to quit. Faber points out that you break your contract, no American publisher will work with you. So he kind of screwed here, which gives Ernest an, an idea. Nicodemus is whiter than white. Pure hero. He does not have dalliances with women. He does not have any vices. So how exactly has he got a son? And this causes Faber to pause. <laughs> well, that's a writer's problem. <laughs> I believe there are so many authors who have had that sort of discussion with their editor or publisher. <laughs> There's a plot element that's got to be resolved, and that's entirely up to the writer he does it, but it's going to get done. Negotiating keeps going, and, well... Ernest is losing this one. Book has become books, personal tours with the kid, top billing. The kid points out that eventually they'll go solo. Creative input into all the books. Yep. At this point, Ernest walks out because he'd, he'd rather deal with cows and everything that goes with them. And who can blame him? You'll excuse me? I have an appointment with some cows. And we see the pasture, the range. Lots of cows, including Bartox. Bartox cow, which, to be fair, apart from its overall size, is a reasonable facsimile of a cow. Granted, it's on wheels, but let's not worry about that. <laughs> and of course, it does explain why it's so big, because Ernest and the Professor are inside the cow. Did it have to be a two-man cow? Couldn't it have just been one? Ramos would have volunteered to be in the cow. <laughs> I still think the rustlers will be fooled, but... The wheels kind of give it away a bit. It really does. Oh well, let's see what happens, shall we? And here come the rustlers. And it certainly seems like they've spotted the fake cow. So much so that Lyle rides up right to it, as half of its head is lifted up, acting like a periscope. Yet, he stands there and allows them to shoot him with a net. <laughs> okay, these rustlers are not very smart. Open the hatch! And down he goes. I've got a feeling his brother might just put two bullets into the cow and be done with it, but hey oh. My advice to the guys, stop peddling. Fast. But hey, Ramos is here as well as the uh, the cowboys, and it looks like they've got Lyle. The question now is, will his brother... Yeah, I reckon his brother will get away. String him up, boys. Although this is not not quite that kind of show, is it? And we're back into town, the sheriff's office, the professor and Ernest is bringing in Lyle. He's all netted up and roped up. Camera crew were... Uh, camera crew. <laughs> the local newspaper photographer is there. Takes a picture. Milton, of course, goes into his promotional spiel. You know, the town of Sheridan is safe with uh, Nicodemus legend around. But of course, you couldn't do it by yourself, could you? 
Uh, you just you hope that Ernest was going to give credit to the professor, but before he can, young Nicodemus Jr. chimes in. I did it. Oh, God, what an annoying kid. Uh, Laura, of course, is there as well. She's clapping. Everybody seems impressed. Lyle is totally confused, even leans over to Legend. What the hell is he talking about? Roll with it, Lyle. I have to. Ah, uh, dear. It's interesting, though, isn't it? How many shows at some point brings in a young character to try to spin things off or re-energise the fan base? Something like Scrappy-Doo, and basically it just alienates the entire audience. Uh, anyway, and while it looks like Ernest might kill young Nicodemus Jr., young Ben, uh, let's assume he restrains himself for the, for the duration. Right then, let's see what happens next. Naturally, Ernest is with the Professor at his uh, laboratory, the place where he always goes when he's got something to talk about. He claims he's not going back into town until Ben and his mother has gone. Hugh, Laura, outside calling for Ernest. Of course, why wouldn't she follow him? I know you're in here, Ernest. We really must talk about these pages. I mean, how many days has this been already the complaining about the, the script for the latest book? Where Nicodemus saves Nick Jr.? Nick Jr., of course, believes it should be him that saved his dad. Uh, I don't... I don't... Uh, uh, uh. Seriously, 10-year-old, 11-year-old... Yeah. Even in this day and age, protagonists of young adult literature tend to be a little bit older. Because they have to do things. Anyway, <laughs> Ernest comes close to killing him. <laughs> a deal-breaker. Uh, the professor's got to intervene before it gets totally out of hand. Oh, and Laura starts smooching up to the professor, and... She's got him by the danglies straight away. She is exceptionally manipulative. In a nice way as well. <laughs> Even afterwards, you don't really hate her. Unlike the kid. I wonder if... Hmm, let's see. Let's see how this pans out. As a matter of fact, I was hoping that you could design an independent line of Nicodemus Jr. gadgets for us to merchandise. Gadgets? She said gadgets. <laughs> gadgets. We don't create gadgets here, madam. Inventions. Inventions which will change the world in which we live in. And she continues to work her magic until she says she wants him to build some little gadgets for young Nick Jr. And of course, as we know, the professor doesn't build gadgets. He's an inventor. He creates things that are going to make the world a better place. And if they just happen to help Ernest in his guise as Nicodemus legend, all the better. But then she goes on about percentages, research funds, and the professor's hooked. Oh dear, <laughs> she is good. And at this point, you think, you know, Ernest hasn't really got a leg to stand on. He's, he's not done anything wrong, but everything that happens between Milton and Laura and Ben makes him look bad, and he's not. He's never tried to cheat the professor. This merchandising is brand new to him. It makes me wonder if he even realises, or he's even seen any of this money. We're back in Sheridan. Ben and Laura are working on Milton again even trying to get to the point where they get rid of Ernest altogether and just write the books, a ghostwriter or something. But Milton actually stands up for him. He points out that his boss respects Ernest. He believes he's a talent. He just doesn't want Ernest to ever, <laughs> ever actually know that. And at this point, Asa cold-cocks him, and down Milton goes. So this could be the solution. Laura and Ben are actually going to have to face everyday life in the West. They are going to have their lives threatened, just as Ernest does all the time. Of course, it's easy to play a part when the worst you get is the money. Having to live your life under threat, as Ernest does, it could be a different ball game. Yep, 
I am cheering on the ruthless at this point. <laughs> Good daddy, little legend. Uh, legend? Oh dear no, my, my son's name isn't Legend, it's Davenport, Ben Davenport. Funny, that's not what I heard on Main Street when he was taking credit for capturing my brother. We were just seeking publicity to sell books. <laughs> nice. Laura, all of a sudden, we have nothing to do with arresting your brother. What do you mean? I heard it. I was there. You proclaimed far and wide that your son arrested, captured my brother. <laughs> and the gang takes him by horseback and leave town. Of course, we know that Ernest is going to have to save the day, but wouldn't it be nice if we never heard from him again? <laughs> uh, Milton awakes a little while later in the saloon. He uh, reveals to the Professor and Ernest that Ben and Laura have been kidnapped by the brother of the Rustler, and they've got to do something. Uh, the professor immediately, yep. Uh, Ernest is more in, more in a contemplative mood. <laughs> He's probably dreaming of all the things that could be happening to him at this point. <laughs> Grinning. Uh, but we know Ernest better than that. We know he'll do something. Because at heart, he is Nicodemus. He maybe he writes him, he doesn't play the part, except when he has to. But he is not a bad man. And he will help the innocent, even if he doesn't like him. Of course, it might take a little persuading. Ernest? What? Oh, come on. Whatever happened to sheriffs and deputies and posses and fun stuff like that? A ransom note arrived. Bring my brother or your wife and son get it. <laughs> of course, that just rubs Ernest the wrong way. Now she's my wife. <laughs> Could this get any worse? As uh, Milton points out, though, if, if you don't do anything, this is terrible for, well, public relations catastrophe is the, is the phrase used. And I suppose it is. This is getting very annoying. You know, Ernest, I'm quite concerned that after the exchange, they might kill you. Yes, that would be one of my concerns, too. We're at the professors. They're trying to come up with a plan to rescue Laura and Ben using the balloon. Skeeter appears. The posse is here. Where are they? Just me. <laughs> Where is everybody else? They've gone to a quilting bee. Ernest at this point thinks, well, I really do need a quilt. But the professor points out that it's not going to look good if, if Nicodemus Legend is quoting while Nicodemus Jr. is burning. Hey-ho, it looks like uh, the four of them are off to rescue Laura and Ben. But how? Because the professor's got an interesting look on his face. He's come up with a plan. Let's see what it is, shall we? Right then, Lyle is taken out of the sheriff's office, putting some fancy handcuffs for the long journey. Now, that's interesting. Meanwhile, we go to the rustler's camp where Acer is talking to Laura. She's trying to manipulate him, butter him up a bit. I'm pretty sure at one point she's actually offering herself to him, make it worth his while. And even he points out that, you know, rustling's a dirty business, but compared to acting, it's nothing. <laughs> yep, she really is in the wrong tack. Making it worth his while, no, no, no. Anyhow, the steam buggy is approaching. It looks like things are going to start kicking off. Let's find out what happens. Your hands up. So a great Nicodemus legend doesn't look so high and mighty now, does he? In the boogie is Lyle and, well, somebody who is wearing legend's clothes. Interesting. Nicely done, Skeeter. I tell you, the goggles, the hat, but the, it's the moustache that sells it. Especially the grin. Since you can't really see much of the mouth, you lose a lot of the facial cues. Or you see this great big moustache lift up. You think, yeah, that's legend. But Skeeter gets to play the hero. Good for him. 
and magnetic handcuffs which can attract guns. Oh, that's brilliant. Well done, Professor. And the Legend Glider. I love the idea. It gets used a lot in the series, along with the balloon. An awful lot. But great entrance there by Nicodemus. He takes down one rustler and the balloon comes over the hills. I assume this must be the Professor and Ramos. They take out another wrestler. At this point, Asa grabs Ben, hold him as hostage. Uh, I suppose some people might want him saving. <laughs> Legend Ernest might uh, give this a thought. And fantastic to see that the automatic bolas worked as well. The Professor really, really has done some great work in this episode. And of course, so is Ernest, in his guise as Nicodemus. He's really a hero, and no matter how you look at it. His alter ego is the mild-mannered, womanising, drinking author. But the real man is the hero. I wonder at this point if Laura and Ben might realise that they're letting themselves into a whole world of hurt if they go down this path. As the dust settles, Nick Ernest points out that, you know, this is what the flip side is like. Ben isn't happy. He doesn't like this idea at all. I know how you feel, Ben. This has been terrible. But I know what will make you feel better. A $50,000 endorsement package. 50000 Oh, and that is just the beginning. Think of the excitement when the national press gets wind of what happened here today. Why, you'll appear before the crown heads of Europe, Paris. Rome, London, by the time we get back, you see Unfortunately, Laura is still seeing dollar signs. I had hoped for better from her. The episode ends on the scene in the professor's lab as Ernest walks in looking very, very chipper. And then he explains that he did everything that he was asked to do. He put the kid in the book, he changed the, the script to suit, he did everything Milton asked him to, and he sent the book off. And his boss <laughs> replied back by telegraph Lose the kid. E.C. Allen. E.C. Allen didn't get to be E.C. Allen without knowing a little bit about the business. The man is a genius. <laughs> Which is all Ernest wanted in the first place. He can now write his book the way he wanted to. He's happy. The professor's happy. Ramos is happy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Ben and Laura will still be able to make a fine living on the stage. And that's this episode of Legend. Knee High Noon. You're really going to like an episode with a kid in it or not. I particularly didn't appreciate young Ben. Laura, she was uh, an interesting character to say the least. Very manipulative, very shrewd young woman. Worked her magic around Ernest and the Professor. Certainly looked like she was going to get what she wanted, but in the end, no. Lyle and Asa, two good bad guys. Credit to them as well. Overall, enjoyable episode. As I said, the balloon and the flyer, they're being used a lot, but I suppose they have a, a monetary value to the production, so the more they use them, the better value, the better it is for the producers to argue for other stuff for an episode. Again, enjoying this season of Legend, the only one season. Love to see what RDA does next after this. <laughs> right then, so next time, uh, I might do another episode of Legend while uh, I may have a bit of time on my hands. I haven't actually organised any of the new Stargate episodes to talk about, so maybe stick to Legend for a bit. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to do an episode of Stargate for the podcast, uh, feel free to get in touch with me. 
stargatearchives.com is a website, stargatearchives at gmail.com is the email address. At the Gatecast on Twitter, we have just got over 5,000 followers, which is bloody amazing. The fan base on Twitter is exceptional. If you've got anything you want to say about Stargate uh, or promote about Stargate, I believe that the Twitter family is the place to do it, more so than Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us, of course, on Facebook and on Tumblr, uh, iTunes and Google Play. Say if you do want to pick an episode of any episodes of Stargate and talk about it for an hour or so over Skype or maybe another application, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk Stargate. But that's about it. Hope you come back for more Stargate, more Legend. But until then, I've been Mike. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.